Good morning. A Danish philosopher once told a story about a goose. This is going to be good because it's about a goose. <laughs> this goose was wounded and fell into a muddy pit called the barnyard full of chickens. Now because the goose was stranded for the time being, he began to eat with the chickens. He began to play chickens, and yes, he began to talk with the chickens, and eventually, after time went by, this goose began to think that he actually was a chicken, until one day, a fleet of geese came flying by as they were migrating home, and they let out a big honk like geese do. And oh boy, did he hear that. Something resonated and stirred with inside this goose. Something was calling him to rise to the skies. And then all of a sudden, the goose starts flapping its wings like it hadn't for so long. He even got about five to ten feet in the air, and then all of a sudden, he just stopped. And he settled right back into the mud of that barnyard. He heard the cry. He heard the call. And yet, he settled for less. The Bible has so much to tell us as an individual body, the local church, but also as individual believers it has so much to tell us about how God longs for us to truly understand who we are in Him. It's called identity. It's our purpose. And when we lose sight of who we are, when we lose sight of our vision, when we lose sight of our purpose and our calling, like that goose, we can become wounded. And then we become distracted. And we become comfortable. And we become confused. And we be begin to think. And we begin to act in ways that is completely the opposite of our character and our identity in which Jesus Christ himself came as human form. To die our sinner's death. And yet we settle for the mud of the barnyard. And begin to act and think and behave like all the different chickens around us that have not heard the call. So during this month of September... This is what we're going to do. We are going to be looking at what it means as individuals, uh, believers, followers of Christ, and the local church body. We're going to look at what it means to deepen our vision and to seriously press in on who we are because of who he is. Do you hear me? We're going to, for the month of September, we're going to press in and deepen our vision in who we are in Him 
because of who God is. If you call Elevation Community Church your home, or maybe you're visiting this morning, or maybe you're joining us in on live stream, or you're listening later on this week, and maybe you're just not even connected at Elevation, and you're still just seeking God's will for where you're supposed to be planted, you and your family, as a local church. Wherever you may be, can I challenge you this month to try to commit every single Sunday in the month of September as we go through this vision series and recalibrate and reconnect to the main thing, what life and church is all about. You may not be able to make it on Sundays, and that's okay. You can join us live stream. If you can't join us live stream, stream you can download the app, or you can just go on, uh, online and download the message. We're challenging you and encouraging you and exhorting you to make this a commitment for the month of September. At the end of the month of September, if this isn't for you, we bless you to go where God is leading you and what he designs for your life. God is calling us brothers and sisters in Christ. And God is calling us as a local church body to rise up in who we are and that we would make a difference for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus made a difference for us. And we cannot make the impact and the difference outside of our lives, outside of this church building, until we allow Jesus, called the Holy Spirit, the Father God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son. The difference is the Holy Spirit living within us. That is the difference. We can't make a difference in anyone other's lives. And we can't do outreach and Shine the light that's not within us. The difference starts with us. We want to be different in order to make a difference. Would you pray with me? Father God, we look to you, Holy Spirit, to guide this time. I pray that it would be fruitful. I pray for every person listening to your message. And I pray that you would draw them to rise up to the purpose and the identity that you have called each one of us who receive your call by faith and become sons and daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This Sunday morning of this series, next Sunday, you don't want to miss it because we're going to talk about us as a church we have a very special guest speaker all the way from Ireland coming. So you don't want to miss that. But today, we're going to focus on you. Now, make you uncomfortable, but we're just going to focus on you and me. Us as individual people called by name by the Creator God who loves us and sent His only Son to redeem us and to save us and rescue us from sin. So we're going to focus on you. And we're going to start with a very simple question, but yet a question that I believe that 80% of our culture 
never truly answer, and part B is never truly see it come to pass. And that question for you is this. What do you long to be known for? What do you want to be known for? And what I'm going to encourage you to do, we gave you sermon notes. I would really like for you to take those out now on cue, everybody, if you have them. If you don't have one, you can pull out your phone and write it down. You can take the Connect card in front of you and use it as notes. That's okay. I really want you to press in on this question because this makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. And maybe you thought about this and maybe you've answered it, but I'm asking you to think about it again and again and again. You ready? Write down, what do I want to be known for? I really want you to think about that. And if, even if it takes you the rest of the message to write that down, do so. At the end of your life, we don't know what that is. Could be today, could be tomorrow, it could be when Jesus comes back, could be in 50 years, who knows? But we, don't, we do know that life is short and unexpected. At the end of your life, what do you want said of you? Because isn't that really the important thing that lasts, the legacy? What will be said of you? And let me put it this way. If the thing that you want to be known for is not spoken of or does not come to pass in your life, it would lead you to forever regret not being known for that. What would give you such regret as you look back in your life and say, I missed it. I missed it. What do you desire to be known for? I'm going to take a moment of silence and let you write that down. What do you long to be known for? As you continue, church... I'm not boasting, I'm actually saying this as an unfortunate thing, but do you realize how few churches are doing this today? Of asking ourselves what we want to be known for, and then go to live it out, and grow into that life that you want to be spoken of, and you want to hear in front of your master one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. And towards the end of the month, on September 17th, we're going to talk about this as a church. What do we, as a church, want to be known for? I encourage you, I encourage you, I implore you to figure that out because that's only the start of your journey of life change. Because the second part of that is this. Now that you are starting to dive into what you long to be known for, now the second thing you need to ask that goes on your notes here is this. What is the greatest, what is the most impactful, and the most essential thing that you must, 
in caps, must implement in your life in order to get to that point in life to be known for what you desire to be known for. That's a mouthful. But what is the most essential thing that you need to implement into your daily life in order to see the fruit at the end of your journey of what you long to be known for? What is that one thing or two? Write that down. What must you add into the ingredients of your life in order at the end of your life and at the, after the recipe is made is going to bring that one flavor, that one taste that you long for those behind you to say and speak of you. What is that one thing you need to add? Yes, I'm reiterating on purpose. Here's the sad truth. And I pray that it's not said of us in years to come. The truth of the matter is that when all is said and done, what you desire to be known for, what you desire to be known for will ultimately be determined, be determined not by what you do, but who you become. At the end of this life, what you desire to be said of you and known for will not be determined by what you do or what you say. It will be determined by who you become. And here it is. Who you become is determined by who you know. Who you become is determined by who you know and who is known by you. The Bible says all about that. That the Lord is our God and we are His children and His sheep know His voice. It's who you know in the centermost part of your heart that will determine who you become and who you become will deter be determined or excuse me, who you become will determine what you're known for. Since I messed that up, let me try that again. Who you know in the center, most place, most center place, Phil, would you get it together? The centermost place of your heart, who you know, will determine who you become. And who you become will determine what you're known for. So what is that for you? Let me give you a couple examples. Marriage. You can desire to have the greatest, the strongest, the most thriving marriage. However, if you don't spend quality time with your spouse, and you don't spend quality time to know and love your spouse and to be known and loved by your spouse deeper and richer, and more intimate each day, then your desire for a strong and healthy, thriving marriage will stay just that, a desire that is wasted. 
parents. If you desire to be an effective, godly, and loving parent, one your kids love, and one your kids' friends love to spend time with. A parent, that kind of parent, your children know that they are loved and cared for and grow up aspiring to be more like God in you and the person that you have become. They aspire to walk like you. It's called a legacy and talk like you and to make an impact like in your life. However, just providing for their every want and allowing them to do whatever they want will not win their heart when they grow as an adult. What they need more than anything, mom and dad, is to see Jesus in you. They need a relationship with you. Not the stuff that you can give them. They want a relationship with you built on love and trust. No matter what the child may say in the seasons of wanting stuff, what they need is a mom and dad who is present in their life, in their circumstances investing in the spiritual health and growth of their lives. It is the greatest gift, parents, you could ever give your child. For those of you in work, a career, you desire to be successful and influential. You desire to be the best worker, employer that you can be to help provide for your family, and to make an impact wherever you are. Well, if it's not about you having skin in the game and actually showing up to work on time and making work a priority and valuing the values and the vision of the company you're working for, then the desire to be successful in your career is going to just be a desire wasted. You see, what we desire is determined by who we become. And who we become is determined by who we know in the central most part of our lives. Are you like that goose? Maybe wounded, maybe you've lost the wind in your sails. You long, you long, you long, you desire, you talk about it, you complain about it when it's not happening, you long to be known for the thing that gives you passion and purpose and significance. But yet, once you get five or ten feet in the air, you start to see everything around you and you see the open skies and you see the intimidation and you see the fear and you see the unknown and the confusion and you start to just settle for where you are and you land back in the mud with the chickens. And you've lost your call and your purpose. 
Or are you ready when you hear the call to be different? To rise against the current? To rise against our cultural standards and our political beliefs? To be that child of God that He has called you? To stand with both feet firmly on the cornerstone ground which is Jesus Christ our Savior? To be stirred by the Holy Spirit, the presence of God that lives within us and then allow ourselves that difference to be made known to everybody around us by the love that oozes out of us. That is when the world will know that you are different. Is when the difference brings real life change in your heart. What do you want to be known for? What is that passion, that calling deep inside your spirit that just wants to break loose? We'll just know that that is going to continue to be a desire until you allow yourself daily to be with Jesus and allow him to know you deeper than anybody knows you. And allow yourself to know Jesus deeper than you know anything else. And I promise you, as you continue into a life, daily living lifestyle of Jesus at the center of it, you're going to be known for more than you could ever imagine, you could ever dream of. Why? Not for your own glory, but then God's going to get the glory at the end of your life. And you're going to be able to live forever with Him, reaping the rewards of being known for a radical follower of Christ. And so we need to look at the second point. The second point is God's design for your life. Maybe you're saying, that's great. I want to be known for something that God wants to use me and shake the mountains, but I don't know what that is, and I don't know how God has wired me. I don't know what I'm designed for. This tells you. If you want to know, here's your answer book. But I'm just going to guide you in, in two areas of how God has designed us. Do me a favor. I'm not trying to give you a trick question, or I'm not trying to make you feel uneducated or anything like that at all. But I want you to answer this question, whether writing it down or just thinking it through. What has God designed you to do in life? What is God's design for your life? And if I could mention your name at the end of the sentence, put that name there. What is God's design for blank's life? What is it? I have an answer for you that comes from the Word of God. And I have a feeling that maybe some of you wrote this down. But I have a feeling that many of you may have not even thought about what God has designed you for. And it's up there already. So you cheated. No, I'm kidding. God's design for your life is to reign in life. 
Could we read this together and for you put mine? Ready? God's design for my life is to reign in life. Let's try it one more time. God's design for my life is to reign in my life. To reign in life. That's our identity in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's your identity. You are not called slaves and servants. And lowly and weak. But in Christ, you're called as kings. Do you know that you're a royal priesthood? The royal priesthood reigned over all of Israel. You're a king. And you're to reign in life. We look at the Old Testament and we see all the kings fall short. We see the kings do things that don't model the heavenly model of kingship. But then guess what? The king of heaven came down to become man like us and show us what it looks like to live as kings right. on this earth. To reign in life. There's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are created to reign in life so that you would reflect the greatness of God Almighty. Yes, Is anybody other than Bill Tackett getting it this morning? Okay. You are called to reign, not for your own glory, because that's the wrong motives. You're called to reign in life so that you will reflect Christ Almighty to everyone around you. Romans 5, verse 17. I love this. If you're not on the edge of your seat, go ahead and do it. For if because of one man's sin, yours, mine, death reigned through that one man, meaning Adam, in the garden, the first Adam. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That is your design. Without Christ, death reigns in you. That is what will reign in your life. And what you long to be known for will never, ever come to pass but when you have Christ and you believe that he came for you and shed his blood for your sins and he died and he defeated death how the power that lives inside every believer the Holy Spirit and you receive his life and you allow his lordship to reign in your life then your design is to reign in every area of your life to show the majesty and splendor of Jesus Christ that is your design. That's the position you've been given. 
And when you see your design of your life, God's design, shall I say, of your life, you're going to read Scripture completely differently. I promise you. When you start to believe who God sees you as, you're going to read Ephesians 3, and you're going to know the greatness of God's power in you, which is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the position of authority. You are called to reign in life because the authority of Christ lives in you. And so I want to look at two areas today. There's tons of areas that the Bible talks about that we're supposed to reign in life. But two areas for you to think about today. Number one is you are designed to reign over your internal world. What I mean by that is your soul man. Not the Blues Brothers song. Your soul man. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul. You reign over that. You control it. You choose what you think about. You choose what you will for your life. And that's why it is so important to daily be with Jesus and let him speak into your will, your mind, and emotions. Because if not, you will be walking outside of the light, which is Christ. It's like that DC Talk song, I want to be in the light, as you are in the light. We can't shine in the darkness if we're not in the light. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Some of you have this memorized. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as holy, living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your act of spiritual worship. Nothing's mentioned about music and dancing and lifting up your hands here. It's all about presenting yourself, your bodies, your purposes, your will, your mind, your emotions to God. And then it says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Stop it. But be transformed. We talk about our vision at church, at ECC, is we want to see lives of transformation, real life change. It only comes from this. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3 speaks to this. We read this last week. So if you weren't here, here it is again. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. You are to reign over your mind. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 talks about our spiritual weapons. We're to reign in life with our spiritual weapons. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We are to reign in life because Christ, Christ reigns in us. Second Timothy. Since the Spirit of God did give us a spirit of fear, 
but you're to reign over that with power, love, and a sound mind. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? That's how we're to reign over our internal world. The second area that we're to reign over, which gets a little closer to home, is our time and our priorities. Uh-oh. I'm with you. I don't have the holy robe on here. I'm with you. But guys, this will change everything. Maybe you're not seeing the fruit of what you long to be known for because you're not reigning over your priorities and your time. Mic drop. I love this quote by Woodrow Kroll. It says, everything begins with the right priorities and the right priorities always begin with God. Everything. Everything. Begin, not behind. <laughs> with the right priorities. And right priorities begin with God. The Bible has something to say about our time and our priorities. You know what it says? It says you're to reign in abundant living by reigning over your time and your priorities. No one chooses your time and priorities for you except you. Is Jesus at the center of your time? Is Jesus at the center of your priorities? Oh, I hope so. Because you won't be able to experience the amazing, 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 abundant life that Jesus has for you here and now. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus says it the best, as always. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. Your time and your priorities, you should seek first the kingdom of God. Then everything else that you want to do, everything else, the desires of your heart, everything else that you're supposed to do, that God has called you as a husband, as a wife, as a worker, as a mom, as a dad, you'll fall into place and you'll do that. But seek first Jesus Colossians 3 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all for the name of the Lord Almighty. Giving thanks to God the Father. That's your time and that's your priorities. Ephesians 5 speaks into this. It says, Look carefully then how you live. This is serious. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. How you prioritize your schedules and your time and your values matters oh so preciously. What you long to be known for is all about who you become and what you invest in and how you spend your time and what you prioritize is a part of that. 
And so I leave you with this. Are you reigning in life? Are you reigning in life? Because I tell you, if you tell me that you are spending time with Jesus daily, I can tell you you're reigning in life. This isn't to throw condemnation. This is to draw us back to the main thing. We've lost the main thing, guys. Our culture, the American church as a whole, has lost the main thing. And I believe that we are starting to see a people, which Jesus referred to as the church, that are rising up, that are discontent with the state of the church and the state of their lives. And they're tired of being that goose that is coated with mud with the chickens, not rising above and soaring and thriving in life. We have to get back to the main thing. And Bill Johnson from Bethel in California says it so well. How do we get back to the main thing, which is Jesus? Is we readjust our thinking to appropriate what God has actually made available in our lives. Because each believer in Christ was designed to reign. So we readjust our priorities and our values to what God says. Because we're designed to reign in life. Our vision here at ECC is not changing. It is to see real people find real hope. Enter into real relationships and live life together. And experience real life change. My question is, is do you want that? Because in order for us to be known for what we long to known for, if it has anything with a Christ-filled legacy, we've got to be real. And we've got to live in that real hope, in real relationships, seeing real life change, the difference in us first, and then watch how God brings life change to everybody else. Guys, I want to be a church that is known more for being a people who are living lives daily with Jesus rather than living Christian lives that every Sunday come to church. Because that's not the church that God designed. If your relationship with Christ is simply defined as coming to church on Sundays. I have to tell you, there's good news. Jesus has way more dreams and plans for you than you are living right now. We want to be a church where you come full because of your daily time with Jesus. You come full on Sunday. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I, I, I was a worship leader. I, I understand. Can you imagine if people in our community came on Sundays full from spending daily time with Jesus? Do you know what would happen? You would leave overflowing. What do we usually see? We see people come empty 
they connect to the battery of the worship team and the speaker, if they're good enough, you leave on a charge that will last you to Wednesday and Friday if you're lucky. And we just live this vicious cycle. That, that's not the abundant life we read in the Word. And I believe that that's not where God is leading us to go. He's leading us to sit at the feet of Jesus and daily spend time with Jesus. Be in community with others. Be on mission in your own life and with others and as a corporate body. And Sunday to Sunday, we're going to see lives healed, lives restored. We are going to see what we see in Acts in the New Testament. But it starts with the difference of Jesus Christ in you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, take out any words that I said that is not of you. But Holy Spirit, sear within our minds what it is that was spoken that is from you and your heart and your word alone and change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.